0: Don't want adversity to rob us of a faith, and don't don't waste the adversity. Do not waste the adversity by not allowing what God's going to use that. He will take bad things and make them good for us in other areas. You know, in 2020, Bevy and I went and got our two daughters. Bevy's going to correct me when I say this. They were four and six. He says they were five and seven. It was our job as parents to provide love provide discipline and to all the necessities in life, just like mamas and daddies do for their children. And, we, and, and, and with our sons also, until they reach this certain maturity level and they become responsible for their own lives, and then you don't have to do nothing and help them out anymore, I thought. But at the end of being a daddy, which I don't think you really ever end up being a daddy or a mom, it's my job now to be a spiritual father to them. A man asked me recently, So how long do you have to be under a spiritual father? Or how long do you have to be under an apostle? I don't really like the word under, unless we're talking about government in this. Otherwise, we're all one body. I said, well, let me tell you what the apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4. We have to have apostles in our life till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I don't think we're there yet. See, people, they, people don't come to church. One of the reasons, they don't, they don't understand how God does things. Now listen to this. It also says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, okay, be no more children, we have to come to full maturity. We have to be, be no more children. And we have to speak the truth in love that you may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And you got to be able to quit being emotionally childish or babies. You, ha- you can't have thin skin. You, you should be able to somebody speak the truth so you can grow up in those things. It says, in Christ, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So what that means is this. You know, Doug, I think it's me doing this, Doug, don't you? <laughs> okay, I said I was going to buy a new one last week. I'm going to do it this week. Or I'll just use this. So what, what, we're, what we're trying to have to understand is, you know, we we are, we are have to get past uh, being emotionally immature because as long as we're emotionally immature, we're going to remain spiritually immature. And so we got to understand that it takes the purpose of the whole body Ooh, supplying so we, we can grow and be edified by the love that we have. Basically, how long do we need the, the apostle in our life? How long do we need... Each other in our life, the ecclesia, basically, till we all we all get a well done. And I'm going to talk to you about this. So my thing is this: I uh, it's real popular today. I I have people say this when I see them a lot. They say, "How you feeling? How you feeling, man? How you feeling today?" And I know they they don't really mean that. It's just a, a greeting. It's like somebody says, "How you doing?" We don't really care, really, you know. They what we say, it's like. Uh, uh, it's a common greeting, and especially in the society that we have developed in, in America and in culture, and that's this feel-good thing, man. We live in a time of the most emotionally immature humans that I have seen in my 66 years. People in this age don't, no longer base their decisions or their actions even on solid moral values and certainly not the truth. They've been programmed to act according to how they feel. So in other words, I look like a man, but I feel like a woman. Therefore, I'm a woman. And that's my truth. And if you tell them otherwise, guess what happens? They get irate. They will hurt you. People who make decisions come to conclusions or react in given situations based almost exclusively on this. Well, I, that's how I feel. Look, well, that's not true. That ain't what happened. Yeah, but that's how I feel. And they will let that, that's how I feel though, trump the, the truth of a matter. This causes this false reaction to circumstances and the environment that's around them. These babies will never develop faith. They will never be able to have decent relationships. They will never be in a place to where they become spiritually mature. mature. You know why? Because if they feel like it, they're going to do it. And if it feels good to them, they will do it even if it's wrong, and some have at a, a degree or a limit, and this is something too. As much as people care about their feelings so much, they will, they will do things based on their feelings with no, with no regard to anybody else's feelings, and I'll tell you what else they'll do. They will justify their tantrums. Listen, if we want to have the Spirit of God, let me tell you what the Bible says. In order for your sins to be forgiven, you have to repent believe, and be baptized. Baptism is the place where your sins are forgiven. Then we can receive the Holy Spirit. I preached a couple weeks ago how to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's how. And once we receive that Holy Spirit, Paul wrote uh, wrote this in 2 Timothy 1.7. The Spirit does these three things. It reflects in us power, it reflects love, and it reflects a sound mind. One with sound-mindedness knows when to express emotions and when to withhold emotions. They have control of their emotions. And if we really want to grow up spiritually, I want to tell you, we must grow up emotionally. And I'm going to give you a hint of what that means. Grown-up emotions is the fruit of the Spirit, basically. Proverbs 25, 28. Let's look at that a minute this morning. It says, He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. There used to be a pretty big movement, and it crashed and burned pretty much, called Church Without Walls. Well, they were out walls all right. The inability to control our emotions is a deplorable and tragic condition for us, and I don't want to live in that environment personally. The obvious point of this passage is saying this. That a city that doesn't have walls is defenseless. Listen close. It is defenseless. It cannot protect itself. So, if I have, my, if I'm emotionally immature, then I can't control my spirit. I can't rule my spirit. Then the fact is, I'm I'm open season. It can't, you can't protect yourself from sickness, disease, depression, divorce, etc., etc., all those things can walk right into your city because you are without walls. People who let their emotions overrun them, they lack that wall of emotional maturity to protect them from these feelings and these emotional outbursts and envy and resentment and unforgiving attitudes and self-pity, sulking, hatred, harboring of bitterness, covetousness, and and all these other wrong attitudes come and go at at will when you have not matured emotionally. I know you're a grown man. I know you're a grown woman. I ain't talking about that. Nobody says anything about a grown man or a grown woman. I got that. But I'm talking about those things that hinder you from being an overcomer and having your prayers answered and enjoying the, the, the joy that we should have and the peace that we should have when we serve God. That's what I'm after for us, to please God, His will, not my will. Living with no self-control, living with emotions out of control, it leaves you and your family wide open, as Travis Tritt said, or T-R-O-U-B-L-E. And I have been in the ministry year for years and years and years, and I want to tell you this is the number one problem in people walking the way Yahweh wants them to walk. I could call it selfishness. I don't. I don't see people. I don't. I don't see children really any longer getting actively taught how to control their feelings. I know of one family in this church that impressed me like crazy. They sit down with their children and tithe. And teach them tithing, and we'll get an envelope in. It may not have much quantity of money, but it's ten percent, and it's the same to God. But they sit down and they, with their children, before they come to the house of God, and they bring and and they talk, They're teaching their children the economy of God. Most people don't sit down and try to teach their children how to control their feelings. And i t- let me tell you why my experience has been. I'm not talking about anybody in here necessarily. This has been my experience. The answer of that lies in the fact that most parents do not know how to control their own emotions. How are children going to tithe if you don't tithe? How are children going to be something if you don't do that and teach them? And I'll tell you, when you don't control your emotions, you're, you, you, you are teaching that to your children. I got to tell you, I was raised in a, a yelling family. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My, my mom and daddy, man, I'm like, when they said they were gonna divorce, I said, why did you wait till I was gone? How was you the divorce when I was born? I mean, I, it was, but we went to a trip. My daddy bought a brand new 1968 custom suburban station wagon. It's like the one on, kind of like the one on uh, vacation with Chevy Chase. <laughs> I'm, am I lying? Me and Joel and my mom and daddy took off to Grand Canyon, Hoover Dam. That's a long way from Columbus, Georgia. My daddy was a tightwad. I remember we were in Dodge City, Kansas. Where did we sleep? What well, we put into a, a little, it was an RV park back then, really. You know, it was a little trailer place where, and, you know, we drive up there. Uh, I'm, I'm on the front seat sleeping. My mom and daddy's uh, laying the back seat down, laying there, and Joel is across their feet at the tailgate. And my dad taped newspaper around the windows for privacy. Here we are out there in June, and all of a sudden, a knock on the window. It's a Kansas State trooper saying, there, see that right there? That's a tornado, and it's coming right here. We rode in that thing, and I promise you, that's what's wrong with me and Joel. Uh, they argued. I remember we stopped in Hobbs, Nevada to see a friend, and we, they argued from there to Columbus, Georgia, and my dad was so mad he didn't even stop to spend the night. And they were were repairing a bridge over the Mississippi River, and we prayed, Lord, let that bridge get fixed, Lord. Oh, he can't take it no more. I mean, they were just yelling. So guess what I did? I yelled how I did it. I was emotionally immature. And I can't, you know, the expiration date on me blaming my father and mother has expired. I'm a grown man now. How many times have you seen parents shout at their children, stop shouting? You hear know what I just said? You, you're you getting on your children for shouting by shouting at them. You tell them, I mean it, you're going to get along with each other, and you're going to be nice to each other, and I mean it right now. We know our human nature is selfish. We know it is. It focuses almost entirely on the needs of our self. It's interested solely, bottom line, in what it can get. I'm speaking of generalization here. Of course, selfishness is inseparable from our personal feelings. Now, Y'all, y'all remember years ago when I preached that? that message, that ain't no demon, and that it's just really emotional addictions, and the body uses these specific combinations of these specific chemicals in your brain to create each of the different emotions, and there's a specific chemical combination for happiness. Oh, cocktail, really happy. Oh, sadness, what we said. Anger, victimization, and any other emotion that you can think of. And over the years, we have become addicted in our body physically through these chemical cocktails that the body produces uh, of anger and all these kind of things and all these different emotions. And the more we feel these emotions, the more we are addicted to the emotion, and the more they become a habit, and we just get addicted to them. We almost enjoy it. It's almost a high. When I see people who are always angry on a consistent basis, i got to tell you something. I know that they are without walls. I know that they are emotional, they're emotionally addicted to the anger chemicals that they have been taking for so long. If someone plays a victim and cries, Why me? Long enough. Then what they do is they habituate the way of being and develop an emotional addiction to those specific chemicals. Listen, the house of God should not be full of emotional addicts. Let me tell you what emotional addictions do. My experience it will make you mean and it will make you nasty and stop you every time from being able to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. So we have to learn to have the Spirit called self control and we have to make the choice to do that and we have to want it we have to be sick of being angry all the time and being afraid all the time and being sad all the time and having no hope all the time and blaming god all the time we got to get sick of that we got to take note of what they are what are my what are my addictions here what are my emotional addictions it's important that you know and i know what those things are it's important to know what the uh, your addictions are and you can recognize it looking at your moods and looking at your attitudes those things that are contrary to the fruit of the spirit and god's law or you can ask your closest friend if they aren't too scared to answer you oh i've had my head bit off many times many times years ago there was a pastor that i was with it was a great learning process he had no walls, he had no emotional walls, and I couldn't walk with him anymore. I tried to, he wouldn't repent. So we left. And the night before the Sunday that I announced I was leaving, we met in the office and he lost it. And I was real proud of myself, Joel. Because he said, you just think you're so holy, you're just sitting there. And I was like, that's the fruit of the spirit, dude. Also, I'm not a drunk. And I don't call up single church ladies at night when my wife's out of town. Do that kind of thing because when you don't have any walls, you're open for all these things. To be emotionally immature will open you up to all kind of sin. And if you address these people, they will hurt you and they will say ugly, mean, low, down. I mean, he tried to attack my daddy. He didn't know my daddy, but he tried to say all this kind of stuff. To be selfish it's to be excessively concerned with your own welfare, your own advantage, your own pleasure, without regard for others. i want to tell you something about babies. I'll tell you right now. Oh, they're so sweet. Look at them, how sweet they are. They're so lovely. Look at them. They are selfish. Babies are selfish, man. They are oblivious to anything but their own well-being. They don't care what time it is. They don't care if you're asleep. They don't care if you're busy. They don't care. They don't care. Their disposition is determined by the degree which things, that things go their way. But, of course, we expect babies to gradually mature physically, intellectually, and emotionally. But there's some cases they never do. Can you say amen? Yeah. He may mature physically and intellectually, but I found out that there's not much teaching going on about maturing emotionally. I mean, you don't mature physically. You don't have to do nothing. Just feed it. Intellectually, it but emotionally is a whole nother thing And if you we don't grow and our emotional growth hasn't kept up with our intellectual and our physical then we still have the world view as we did when we were babies me my give me never really grow from that ego to the consideration of others I have learned this when you really have faith and you really believe that God is God and he does what he says he's going to do what I have learned is that you don't have to get upset about somebody who's saying or doing something about you because, you know, God is my re-reward. He's my rear guard. He got my back. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to defend myself. He will defend me, and time will prove who we really are. Things don't go their way. They react in a real infantile way, crying, pouting, pitying themselves, throwing a temper tantrum, or even throwing objects that are. Uh, they They may do and try to attract attention by boasting of their own accomplishments or criticizing other people. If you put two babies together without supervision, they will usually encounter problems in a hurry. If you put toddlers together, mind, scratch, pull, sh- shove. I mean, my little grandson, Samson, he'll just snatch his little sister, throw her on the ground. Send her some videos, Linda, show He's strong. Emotionally immature men and women. Also have these same kind of conflicts I want to tell you this emotional babies don't make very good marriage partners emotional babies don't make very good friends I hurt every when people don't you know, don't like me no more love me but don't like me or they leave the church or something like that I want to tell you I, I have a deep I, I, I take it hard I take it deep but I, let me tell you this sometimes i'm so glad they go because there is such an emotional outburst and things of even friendship. They're always doubting. They're always think they're mad at you. One of the greatest needs for stable and successful relationships is maturity, emotional maturity. Otherwise, our entire life will become one unending dramatic soap opera. Does it sound familiar? Oh, my God, don't y'all even want to be happy? Is everything such a big stinking deal? Oh, my think that's, that's true for any relationship. Maturity is basically the ability to not be selfish. And I know we're all not all totally unselfish. I mean, we're not totally unselfish, and uh, there's a little immaturity in all of us, and, but they'll say, and I read the saying years ago, it says, you scratch an adult, and you'll find the child. Somebody else suggested before that the only difference between a man and a boy the cost of his toys so there's really no thing what we're striving for there's no perfectly mature person it, it it's just an, a relative term relative, rather than an absolute term in fact listen to this maturity is a process rather than a fixed condition so you're not gonna say i'm perfect like that this is a process it's called maturing it's called growing it's called dying to our flesh and a certain degree of emotional maturity is possible, even for people who aren't Christians. But I got to tell you, my experience now, this is my experience. People got it together. Look what they got. They got this, they got that. They go there, and they travel, and they got this boat, and do all that kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, my experience, that there's always this area that you get under, and there is an unselfish, immature reaction these people it may be about their money it may be about somebody touched their car it may be something but it's this ugly thing that comes about when you get to know them you usually find they have these glaring areas of immaturity and selfishness we who have the the incorruptible seed in us that has the ability to grow the tree of life out of us which is produces the fruit of the spirit it's in us i got an ego i'm selfish my ego is sinful but I'm going to tell you what else I have. I have the spirit of Christ that dwells in me and the power of his Holy Spirit. And I know my disposition depends on whether self or the spirit is in control. How long have I been, I've been talking about this? The camp of the flesh or the camp of the spirit? spirit word is the only power who can keep every expression of self in control. That's why my relationship with Yahweh Becomes, is, is, has become the most single, most important factor in my ability to progressively develop. Now, I'm not bragging on myself. i got to tell you, I ain't where I want to be, I thank God! Hallelujah. It I ain't where I used to be. And I don't have, my walls are up. My walls are up. And everything ain't just running into my house and tearing things down and causing this disruption. If you don't have emotional maturity, you can't have spiritual maturity. To the degree that the Spirit of God or our own sinful flesh controls our life is whether you're spiritual or you're carnal. I titled this today this, emotional immaturity equals carnality. We're carnal. There's a parallel between carnality and immaturity. The Bible does. A spiritual believer shows some kind of maturity, a growing, evidence of growing into spiritual adulthood. And that's what we're here for. You have to develop spiritually, and your nemesis is developing, not developing emotionally. Every time we choose to give in, and what we're doing is we're just saying no to God, and it gets harder and harder. These are these these uh, things that have developed; these habits develop. These addictions have developed, and we have to break that process. And you can't do it just in the prayer closet by yourself. This is where we who have the same symptoms of the same thing. I mean, I was thinking the other day, you know, it's almost like we come here to get our chemo until we're delivered, until we get full, full healed of the cancer. We're here, and we have to get this. We have to be together. We have to go to that table. And we have to recognize, and there has to be a standard among us. My prayer for us this week, and I should say, this year, one of the things Yahweh wants me to speak about and bring to our attention that we're going to work on. And I want to tell you, when it's a word in the house, there is a. Seems like Yahweh gives us an extra anointing to do what that word is, that present word. You understand what I mean by that? He's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is what I want you to do, but I'm gonna give you the gas money to do it. This is what I want you to do, but I'm on I'm on pay for pay for your hotel room. That's what I, I want you to go do that, but I'm gonna provide the tools you need. So he's kind of amping it up for us. It's like people who work out and get steroids. He said, okay, I got the steroids. You know, go do this, because there, there is a there is a uh, a presence on this word. And if we can embrace it and receive it, then what he's gonna do is he's gonna help us. And I want to tell you, I believe that most problems that we deal with on a daily basis that steals, us our, steals our peace, it steals our joy, it steals our righteousness, let's face it, if you can have joy and peace through everything, that's the battle right there. To be, have your mind regenerated, to, to be renewed and really have trust for God, that's it. As long as you're, you can't rule your own spirit. And in light of that, the gospel of the kingdom is this. And ain't we dying, we go to heaven. We know that. And I know a lot of people don't understand that, but they have not studied scriptures. Most preachers don't have time nowadays to really study the scriptures. They study what their denomination believes. And they bulk it up. I'm not trying to be mean. I know that to be true. They're experts in their denomination and what they want to believe. And I know there's other people, but they don't usually say, okay, you know, I want to make sure that everything I say is true. Or what does this mean in the Bible? That's always bothered me. I want to answer that. So we understand that we don't, we're not going to go to heaven. The Bible says, Yahshua's she was coming back here. We're going to rule the earth. What are we going to do on the earth? Say it, rule the earth. <laughs> How are we going to qualify to rule the earth if we can't even rule our own emotions? It's just as for us to just let that fly over our head means this. You don't really believe the gospel of the kingdom. And the Bible says if you don't believe that gospel, you can't be saved. Isn't it interesting? Everybody wants to just, you know, feel good emotionally, cry at the altar. I used to do that. I used to try to move people to cry. I used to set moods. I used to do that. I mean, I, I'm trying not to do that because I don't want us to be confused about anything. I don't want to stir up anything that isn't just the pure truth to your mind and your heart. You know, it's like a man who who believes his own baloney. After a while, after you say all these things, you'll start believing your, your story. I hear people tell me about how great they were in the past in sports and all that, blah, blah. blah. Well, I say we all were. I want you to first rate, here it is, and I want you to deal with this. If you can't rule your own spirit, you are not qualified to rule the earth with Yeshua. That's just the truth, okay? Listen to me. Now, if you want to believe the old gospel, you can just be as carnal and emotional and raise fits and spit and say what you think you can say anytime you want to say it to people, be rude and all that kind of stuff. You can go right to heaven with Jesus when he comes. You hear me? He'll take you just like that. He, he ain't trying to develop nobody. He, ain't trying, he just saved you. are just a poor sinner. Saved by grace. You ain't going to change. You don't change. You may be a good person. You know, you may even give money. But when it comes to changing your life and that flesh dying, I want to tell you, people will give a lot of money to avoid dying to the flesh. I told you, giving money is the easiest thing about this thing. But there is a people, and I is one of them, and I know you are too. Because even to have the shift and the change of what we've believed that goes in the face of all those kind of things, I want you prepared, and I want you to get your rulership degree. And you ain't going to get it by yourself. You ain't going to get it laying out of church. I ain't talking to y'all. I'm talking to people laying out of church. I'm going to tell you what. It's getting close, and I'm not going to let you come back. So you better want to think about that because I ain't playing. told a man recently, I said, let me tell you this, either get in or get out. I can't let him sit here talking about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. Listen, I'm patient. i got years. This is the year that I believe we're going to graduate to the next class in ruling and rulership in the earth. I think he he called you. I want to make sure he chooses you. Bye. Listen, I need people.